Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast, episode 88 with Veronica Grant. Veronica is a radical self-care advocate and a dating mindset coach for ambitious women who've put their personal goals on the back burner. She taught yoga and fitness for nine years, helping thousands of women heal their relationship to food and their body. She shifted her business to dating and relationships when she realized that was really her client's number one struggle. On the surface, Veronica helps women date smarter, not harder. But what she really does is teach women how to treat themselves the way they want to be treated so they can have the relationship they desire and deserve. When she's not writing in third person, you can find her indulging in probably too much HTV, planning her next adventure, or spending quality time with her partner and puppy. To learn more about her and get her three steps to getting into the relationship you want, head over to veronicagrant.com. Just finished up this episode. It was wonderful. Learned so much just about cultivating that relationship with yourself first, the kind that you want to have with a partner before you even start focusing on a partner. This will help set you up to not be codependent in a relationship and to give yourself the love that you deserve uh, no matter what, if you're single or if you're married or if you're engaged, always keep up those amazing self-care habits and routines for yourself. But she also gives you tons of insight and information on how to attract the right partner for you. So whether you're single or you are married, this podcast will be great for you. Uh, The review of the week comes from Diabetic Dietitian and they say, jumpstart your self-love journey with five stars. After listening to the vast majority of the episodes, I'm finally able to give my five-star review. This podcast is amazing on so many levels. Interesting guests, thought-provoking concepts, inspirational messages. Mind Body Musings has helped me to jumpstart my self-love journey. I have been struggling with poor body image, emotional eating, and horrible self-esteem for as long as I can remember. And discovering this podcast made me realize I don't have to live that way anymore. I highly recommend for anyone who feels lost and alone and hating your body. I'm so happy to hear that that this has helped you and I hope that since you wrote that review the episodes have just been able to further your self-loving journey I really appreciate you writing that comment and being so vulnerable and honest so thank you thank you so much for that review one last reminder that my free book confessions of a fitness model is only going to be free for a few more days Today is the 24th, and the last day to get it is the 27th. So if you would like to get the book, head on over to maddiemoon.com slash freebook, and you can get that. Or you can just go to the show notes for this episode, maddiemoon.com slash mbm88, and they'll be over there. You can get the link to it. Um, But don't forget, if you don't get the book for free, you can still buy it on Amazon. It'll be up on the 28th, so yay for that. All right, today is going to blow your minds. So let's head on over to the show. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast, the show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon, a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show.
Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I am here with Veronica Grant, a name which I love. I think that is the cutest (laughs) name. Uh, So we're so excited to be here with you today to talk about dating and relationships and self-care and self-love and all those things we love. Um, And for anyone listening to this, I've got some spontaneous... uh, construction going on outside so hopefully that won't come across too intensely but in advance i'm sorry if you do hear whatever is is happening outside of these uh doors so without further ado welcome to the show veronica thank you i'm so happy to be here this is a treat i love talking about these things i love talking about dating and relationships because it can be really messy and sticky especially for people who haven't quite um, figured out how to open up to themselves and just let themselves be so this is awesome yeah Yeah. good good yeah it's such a great topic i'm so excited to share it with your audience so as always let's get started with your background your story and how you got to where you are today Yeah, so my background started, um, it actually started in the fitness industry. I, um, from a very early age, I became obsessed with perfection. I'm a perfectionist um, in all walks of, all parts of my life. So, you know, school and career and um, how I looked and what I ate, just everything had to be absolutely perfect. And so I was in that world and I kind of had the spontaneous feeling of oh maybe I should um, do what I get paid to do um, every every day anyway so I started actually working in the fitness industry um, teaching fitness classes and then that's how I got into yoga and eventually um, health coaching and during this whole process I really really struggled with dating and relationships and it wasn't really actually until only in the past couple of years that I kind of was able to put two and two together and see how my struggle with this extreme perfection and dating and relationships were affecting each other. I believed for a really long time that I had to have the perfect body, the perfect diet, the perfect um, grades, the perfect career, all this stuff. I had to make money, all these things that had to be perfect in order to be lovable or to have to be loved by somebody. And this created two patterns for me in my dating and relationships. The first pattern was I would attract emotionally unavailable men, which I'm sure a lot of women can relate to. And I couldn't figure out why this was happening because I think I was thinking I want a relationship, like like attracts like, so why can't I attract other men who want a relationship? And the truth is, is that I was not attracting emotionally available men because I was unknowingly emotionally unavailable. And that was because even though I was building up this perfect life around me inside, I was completely empty. I didn't have self-confidence. I didn't, I didn't believe in myself. I didn't even know who I was as a person. So that was my first pattern. And then my second pattern was I would get lucky and I would attract a potentially great guy. He was nice, nothing to complain about. Um, but I wasn't actually able to let him in in any real physical or emotional way. And that was, again, because I was empty on the inside. I had no self-confidence. I didn't even know how to open up because I didn't even know who I was, like who I could present as myself, so to speak. And 
so this was going on for many, many years throughout my 20s. And again, really having no idea. And it was just kind of creating this constant cycle. So I was, you know, working in the fitness industry, working with women to, um, to help them lose weight. And what I thought was um, helping them develop a healthy relationship to food. Um, and it just, it wasn't really, something was, something was missing. And a turning point was in my mid-20s, I had a temporary job. Um, I worked on a political campaign where I was working over 100 hours a week. So it was very, very stressful. Um, Just not sleeping, not exercising, not eating properly. I was just not taking care of myself at all. So I was tired and depleted and I was mean to the people around me. I was mean to my coworkers, people that I cared about because I was just so tired and stressed all the time. At the same time, I was also really, really confident. It was the first time in my life that I just felt, wow, like I am awesome. This is amazing. And the reason why I was so confident was because I was doing really, really good at my job. And I was actually getting international, not international, national recognition. Like people were noticing what I was able to to do. The campaign's all measured by numbers and my numbers were really good. And so this confidence came from something else. And But it, I was still feeling just for the first time in my life, I was just feeling really worthy. And after the campaign, I was exhausted, depleted, and I realized that I didn't want to go back to the way I was before, which was constantly dieting, trying to lose weight, trying to have this perfect um, image because I didn't really feel the need to have that anymore because I had gotten this confidence from something else. At the same time, I had some friends who were vegan and well, I'm not vegan and I don't advocate vegan diet necessarily, but what I really, really liked about them and what I admired about them was they had this amazing relationship with food that was just unknowing to me. They would talk about food. They would write about food. They would take pictures of their food. They just loved creating beautiful meals to enjoy, um, just had this relationship that I had never had with food before because before it was always just calories in, calories out. And I I was just like, wow, I want that. And so I was able to kind of make that jump. And I was a vegan for about probably about a year, a year and a half or so. Um, and that really drove me to change my relationship to food, which kind of then was a catalyst to other things where I just started taking care of myself. So I stopped going to the gym. Rather, I would just focus on moving my body every day. So even if it was just a walk or a yoga practice or just dancing around my room or just doing something to get me moving. And it just kind of kept building off of that. So then I would start um, a regular yoga practice and I would start some sort of breathing or meditation practice and then um, picked up some other self self-care practices along the way. And so I was really just taking care of myself rather than trying to fix myself or perfect myself. And it was after about six to six or so months after living like that was when I was able to not just meet, but actually allow in the person that I'm still with today. And 
you know, during my, my prior health coaching business, when I was really reflecting on this story and tying how relationships and dating tied to how I treated my own self was when I switched over actually to um, being a dating mindset coach, uh, just because that really was my story and how I came to be where I am today. That's amazing story. And I feel like a lot of people can probably sit and listen to this and resonate with it so much. Um, So when you did go, when you were doing the fitness, Mm -hmm. teaching other people about fitness, did you also see that within yourself you were starting to get a little bit anal about food and you were cultivating some extreme dieting habits as well? Yes. I I used, um, I can't remember the the name of the app now, but I had a calorie tracker and I would count every single thing that I ate. And I remember actually like 10 o'clock at night and I would be over my calorie limit. But before I went to bed, I would like run run in place or run while I was watching TV for like 20 minutes to try to get down to, you know, even. So I wasn't having eating too many calories in a day or, um, you know, going on a walk before dinner so I could eat the dinner that I wanted or being really stressed out by 3 p.m. because I was already near my calorie limit and I hadn't eaten dinner. So yes, <laughs> that was that was my life for many years. Oh, wow. You just brought back like all these memories. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah I remember that time I did that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so would you say that when you were introduced to, you know, veganism, not that that's mm-hmm. like, you know, the thing to do, yeah. uh, it gave you a different perspective of like taking care of the planet while taking care of yourself. And yeah. Did you do it for ethical reasons or just health reasons? Um, well, I mean, considering I eat both meat and dairy now, I I try to be more conscious of where my meat and dairy come from. But it was mostly for health reasons, but not so much health in that meat and dairy are bad for you, but health in that um, it changed my relationship to food. I could eat right. and actually enjoy the food I was eating rather than thinking how many calories it was. Right. And that's why for you, that was good. Whereas for other people, veganism could be something that completely um, takes them apart from their relationship with food. Like every single. Yeah, actually, I can I can speak to that because that's actually the exact reason why I stopped being a vegan. I so I was like I said, I think I was a vegan for about a year and a half, like pretty, like pretty strictly not eating any animal products. And I found myself actually um, at a rest- a sushi restaurant. So sushi is my favorite food. My audience knows I talk about sushi all the time. <laughs> I love sushi. And I was sitting at a restaurant one time with some friends and I was eating avocado sushi. And I was just like, oh, I really want that California roll. I just love California rolls. And I was, I really wanted it and I ordered it and I felt really, really guilty for ordering it. Oh, yeah. And that's when I, that's kind of when it was like an epiphany. That's when it hit me. I was like, wait a minute. Okay, I've now taken this too far because I feel the same way about food that I did before. And this was completely defeated the the purpose of why I was a vegan in the first place. Um, and so that's when I was like, I got to stop. I'm no more, quote unquote, eating rules or food rules. I'm just going to eat what feels good for me. And I just really wanted at that time that California roll. And so after that, I was like, I'm not a vegan. I'm just going to eat based on how I want to feel and how I need the food to make me feel at that moment. That's so great. Like you were able to see that it served a purpose in your journey. Mm-hmm. But when that purpose was over, it was over and it yeah. needed to be done. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely. great. All right. So let's talk about the the dating aspect. So yeah. many different questions just like going around <laughs> in my head. Um, so one of them, I guess, is like, you know, you said that when you were going through 
the time period when you were really, really into fitness, had the extreme dieting going, you were attracting emotionally detached partners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How How is that? Why does that happen? Is it just like you put off some kind of like aura or like some hormone that like those guys are like, I want that. Like, or how does that work? How do you keep attracting those type of people when you're not quite, I guess, in love with yourself? Yeah. So, um, well, the, the first thing and you kind of already were getting at it is the relationship with you have you have with yourself um, is a reflection of all the relationships you have in your life, both romantic and non-romantic. And I think to explain actually what is happening by attracting these emotionally unavailable guys is that you are essentially creating experiences and patterns that feel familiar to you. So just an example, you know, back during that time, if someone was, you know, trying to have like a deep conversation with me, I would just shut down because I was literally like unable to have that kind of conversation because I just mentally I was just not there because everything was very superficial for me. It was like perfect body, perfect grades, perfect whatever. Um, And so it's just really about creating those experiences that attract those type of like emotionally unavailable guys, if that makes sense. And so once you start to cultivate a deeper relationship with yourself and are able to open up with yourself, really listen to how you're feeling and um, just, I mean, lack for a better cliche term, just be more in touch with yourself, then you're able to create new experiences where maybe you could have a meaningful, deep conversation with somebody potentially opening the door for a relationship. It's not to say that everyone who's dieting or counting calories is doomed to have um, bad relationships, but I I would wonder if those relationships are a little bit um, superficial or like some sort of codependent relationship where there's a specific thing that um, each person is getting from the other rather than bringing things to the relationship. Yeah, I would say in some way or another, something is being compromised. Yeah. Um, and like, that's a bold statement. But yeah, like that's, from my experience, I've never seen a relationship work out. I mean, not, of course they work out, but work out in a way that nothing is compromised at all. Mm-hmm. It does take time. It does take energy. It does yeah. take focus. And normally it cultivates anxiety. So there's anxiety like happening in the works of the brain of one of the individuals when they could be having a perfectly awesome time, instead of like having to plan a sushi date out a month in advance, you have to, uh, I'm sorry, instead of planning it out spontaneously, you have to plan Mm -hmm. it out a month in advance because you have to like calculate all those things. And that gets really difficult um, and frustrating. And I know exactly what you're talking about when your brain fog like does not allow you to have a conversation with someone that's depthful like yeah and that's one of the most frustrating things I remember when I was going through my fitness competition training and I was eating so little fat and so little calories but I and I was working on like five different projects I was just kind of starting like my my own fitness biz uh, Mm -hmm. which of course now is a body image biz way better Mm -hmm. but when I was doing (laughs) that I was juggling like all these different projects and I was trying to like sit and think and talk with other like-minded people but I would find myself like just going off in la la land in my brain and then they would be like Madeline like hello like you know what happens in the movies like yeah that happened to me and I would like <laughs> leave my body and then come back and be like oh my gosh I need some nourishment so bad yeah yeah so yeah, definitely. here's another thought okay 
okay, say that someone is finding themselves or they're figuring mm. out this fitness diet uh, relationship, how they want to be seeing their own bodies, um, and they're ready to branch out. Do you think people can start to date and find someone, I would, I would say the one, I guess, or like someone that like works for them and is a great match while they work through recovery and healing? Yeah, I, I think so. But the first step that has to be done in that process is cultivating the relationship with yourself. And the number one way I help women do that is to date themselves. Um, so buy yourself flowers, um, take yourself out, go to a movie by yourself, go on a nice nature walk, um, whatever it is, just do things that you would normally do in a relationship or expect your partner to do for you and start doing it for yourself. And here's why. When those types of things happen in a relationship, you often feel feelings of love and passion and security and joy and happiness and all of those things. And that's a lot of what we're looking for in a relationship. But that's a little bit backwards. Um, you've got to be able to cultivate those relationships or those feelings, excuse me, for yourself. And then you merge that with another person rather than saying, well, I need to get my happiness from that person. I need to get my joy from that person, my security from that person. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Because that's yeah. basically just setting yourself up for codependency if you're just yes. relying on that person. And yes. would you say that that's probably something you should continue even when you're in a serious relationship? Oh, yeah. Yes. I date myself all the time. I even have it on my calendar of when I'm going to date myself. And I've been with my boyfriend for almost three years now. And um, and I take dating myself very, very seriously. <laughs> So for you, what kind of things do you love to do? What are your favorite things? Um, I will go to a yoga class um, without him. I will buy myself flowers. So I'm not like, CV, will you buy me flowers? I just go to the store, buy my own flowers. Um, and then I just set up little dates for myself. I might take myself out for coffee or even for a meal. Um, I might go to the spa and do some mani-pedi um, fun stuff. I will just have like a really indulgent night where I'm like maybe reading a favorite book or watching my favorite movie with a nice glass of wine or um, some sushi. I, like, again, I love I loved indulging in sushi. Um, and the important thing is that it's by yourself. And it's not something that you do with girlfriends necessarily. That's another important part of relationships and a healthy lifestyle. Um, this is really just something that I do to spend time by myself, enjoy spending time by myself. Um, and it's not necessarily... Uh, like zoning out or numbing the pain. So it's not just like using it as an excuse to stay in and watch Netflix every night, although there's nothing wrong with Netflix inherently. It's just about spending a few hours for yourself, really enjoying the time that you spend. Right, like about creating intimacy with yourself, yeah. which you can't always do if you're just watching Netflix. Right. I totally understand that. And when you say those yeah. things, I'm like, wow, I date, I'm very well dated because I date myself <laughs> in those kind of ways every day, at least in some way. Cause yeah. My boyfriend goes off to work now. Mm -hmm. He used to work from home with me, so we are like always together. But now okay. he goes off to work, and then I do my work here in my home office. Mm -hmm. And it's really nice because I get to like either go here, or go to a coffee shop, or mm -hmm. um, I am always reading. I probably go through a book every like four days, so <laughs> I love to read. Wow. And it's like, yeah, and it's a luxury for sure. Yeah. All yeah. right. So another question that I have for you. 
Um, speaking about intimacy, what mm-hmm. is a common misconception that we have about intimacy? I think that people think that intimacy is about the other person. Um, and I think that's a common misconception or, and it's just, and it's just that it's something physical. So I have, um, you know, a really interesting past with intimacy. I had a, um, you know, when I was in this desperate search for a relationship, um, I did kind of have that pattern where I attracted a really great guy and we were actually really good friends for a few years. Um, and then we fell in love and we started dating. It was a very romantic story. It's very possible I was more attached to the story than him. But regardless of that, he um, he was very sweet, but he was really skinny. And he was also tall. So he was just like a tall, lanky guy. And I remember looking at him one time thinking, man, if he was just like 10 pounds heavier, he would be my soulmate. And I, in the end, if I'm being really honest with myself, I broke up with him because he was skinnier than me and I could not deal with it. I could not be intimate with him in any physical way. I mean, even if it wasn't necessarily talking about sex, it was just sitting on the couch, you know, watching TV. If he would put his arm around me, I would just like tense up because thinking, Oh my God, is he going to like grab a roll or just something else that I don't think should be there? Um, And so intimacy, if you say it slower, it sounds like into me, I see. So it's really about the relationship with yourself and how you see yourself. And that will guide your intimacy with other people. And I was so I was not able to let this guy in both physically or emotionally, because I couldn't even see into myself. I had again, I was empty inside. I was just after this um, outward, perfect image. And on the inside, there was nothing. So there was nothing to see. And so I had nothing to share or to give with um, with my boyfriend at the time. Mm, that's really interesting. Yeah. So how can you decipher whether something that you're feeling is you or it's like a non-negotiable? Um, can you can you kind of go explain that a little bit more? Like, do you mean like if you're settling or? What right. do you mean? Exactly. There? So like okay. maybe someone, it, let's not do the skinny example, but like maybe okay. something else is going on. Like your partner doesn't acknowledge y- you enough, right? Okay. So maybe this is you just feeling like you need constant attention and acknowledgement and like you're becoming codependent to that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe your partner really isn't acknowledging you at all and they won't and they haven't changed. Yeah. How do yeah. you know like whether it's you just being... I hate to use the word needy, but like needing more than mm-hmm. realistic or is if it's really something that you just can't, you know, handle. Does that make sense now? Yeah, yeah. That's such a great question. So there's a few things going on here. The first thing is, um, and it's, and it's going to go back to dating yourself and have a really strong relationship to yourself. Um, because if, if that's in place and that's always growing and you're nurturing it, the part about just being needy and I know you don't like that term but like just lack for a better term um that's going to almost go away and if it doesn't I've, I'll tell you about that in a, in a moment um but that's going to you know kind of dissipate because you just you don't need to get your love from him or you don't need to get your attention from him because you're giving that to yourself and the other thing is that you also teach people how to treat you and this has happened a lot with in my relationship with stevie um there were things that he would never ever do before we started dating especially like 
you know, in terms of just nourishing ourselves and, and, you know, moving our bodies every day. And he just saw me doing that for myself because he saw how it made me feel good. And so he started doing it too. And I never once said, hey, Stevie, you should go run or you should go walk the dog or something. Um, it just kind of started happening. And the other thing that I want to say is about that is, and again, it's going to tie back into, you know, cultivating this relationship with you, but it's really being clear on your intuition and and nurturing your intuition. So whenever I'm, you know, whenever my client has a, you know, some sort of question, like, should I stay in the relationship? Am I getting what I need? Am I, is he doing this or is he doing that? I always just tell them to, to just kind of like stop everything and take a few deep breaths and then just notice what yes and no feel like in the body or like, is this okay? Is this not okay in the body? And usually when something isn't working in a relationship, you start to feel um, tight in your chest or your belly. Um, your breathing might even get a little bit short. And you know that something isn't right. And then that's um, grounds to have a an authentic conversation about what needs aren't being met. Um, whereas sometimes you might, um, you know, do the same exercise and find that the you know, everything is okay in the relationship, or it's something that just doesn't really, um, you know, it's not something that you need specifically from him, and then you just kind of move on. Now, settling is when the thing is not okay, but you don't say anything about it, and you just, or you don't do anything about it, you just stay in the relationship. Um, that's, that's settling. Staying is, okay, this is fine, actually, I don't really need this in my relationship, I get it from somewhere else, and it's totally fine that it's not coming from the romantic relationship, and you decide to stay. And that's not settling, even though I think a lot of women do think that's settling, that's not. That's a good difference. I appreciate that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And so with your experience working with people, um, has this been able to help them kind of find that thing that they need somewhere else in their life and feel just as satisfied? Yeah, yeah. And it and it also helps just to know, like, um, you know, in my in my own personal life, I I did this actually with with Stevie. So um, Stevie and I are both Jewish, but he grew up keeping kosher, which is just another set of dietary laws, which I won't get into. Um, but I didn't keep kosher and he wanted a kosher kitchen. And it could be that could be like a really big thing, like a lot of like you can't buy some foods, foods have to be marked kosher. I mean, it's like, kind of a big thing if you've never done it before. It's definitely a big lifestyle shift. And um, even my friends are like, are you gonna do that? Like, that just seems like a lot. Like, it just seems like you're kind of settling. And when I got really in touch with myself and did this process of like, okay, yes, is this okay? Or no, it's not okay. Um, I realized that I just, it was fine for me to have a kosher kitchen because we mostly eat whole foods like grains and fruits and vegetables anyways, which it doesn't even, that doesn't even apply to kosher dietary laws. And, and so for me, it just wasn't, it just wasn't a big deal. And so I stayed in the relationship. It's not settling. I just, I just stayed. It was fine. Like, I don't care that we don't have pork in our kitchen because I didn't really eat that much pork anyways um, before we were dating. Does that help? Oh, yeah, for sure. Cool. This is going to be switching gears a little okay. bit. But okay. one of the things that you had told me a little bit before our call via email um, is that there are certain downsides to creating this dream list of a perfect person. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you wrote that because you know my mom, whenever I was younger, always had me do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just being an overly protective mom, but she wanted to make sure I always had like this list written down that was perfect. And so I probably did it 
growing up all the time. Like anytime I was dating someone, heartbreak happened or a breakup, she'd be like, go write your list, see what you learned. Like, what do you want? What do you not like? I appreciate Mm -hmm. that. I think that's really good to be able to reflect. Um, But whenever I'm just coming out with a list out of the blue, uh, it feels a little bit unfair to the potential that I could have with someone else. And that's been something I've had to work on for a very long time because I had like, you know, like the look I want, the height I want, the job, Mm -hmm. the faith, the, you know, certain things I'm like, okay, I, I know I have to have this. This is very important. But other things it's like, Hmm, do I really need someone that works in this field or, you know, do I really need someone that does X, Y, and Z? And it sets you up for disappointment. So I kind of just like, yeah. that's my beef with it. What do you have to say about creating these list of qualities? Yeah, I tell women to write their list and then burn it or throw it down the toilet or do something with it to, to dispose of it. Um, yeah, these lists are definitely pretty detrimental to our to our dating. And there's a few reasons why. The first thing and one of the first things I always tell my clients is date for fun, not for the one. And the reason why that is, if you've got this list in your head of, you know, what he should look like or be like or do, then you are already setting yourself up for failure. You go on a date and you have this list in your head and you can already see like within 30 seconds that he doesn't fit this list. And so your mind begins to just close and you're already in your world, like you're checked out, you're done. And there's just no opportunity for there to be a potential relationship because he might actually be a really great guy if even if he doesn't have the job or the kind of money that you thought you wanted somebody to have. And it also, it's, um, it puts you in a place of where you're judging others. And I think most people can tell, I know I can, can tell when I'm being judged. And Guys that you're going on dates with aren't any different. They can tell when they're being judged. And so it already kind of puts them on the defensive. And and this can actually just bring out poor attitudes from, and from in their part. And then, you know, that's when we end up dating all these jerks. Well, it's like, well, maybe they're a jerk or maybe you were just judging them and they were already on the defensive in the first place. And it's just and it's also just putting them up to a standard and a relationship to a standard that's really just not met. It's um it's something that's imaginary. It doesn't, the list doesn't exist. It's just, um, it's really just not helpful in any way. What I help people do, or what I suggest people do instead is find a relationship that makes you feel the way that you want to feel. And there's lots of potential guys, potential characteristics and potential, um, values or hobbies of the other person that could make you feel those things. And so just a, f- a couple examples from my own relationship. So I kind of alluded bef- um, before I was doing the fitness stuff, I was actually in the political world. And that's what I thought I wanted. And I thought that I wanted my, you know, lifelong partner to also be in the political world. Um, I haven't had one dating success from that world. Um, and it was just it was probably because it was just too much of the same energy. And actually, when I first started dating Stevie, Stevie's an engineer. So he's like super science, like super just quintessential engineer mind. And at first I was and kind of the reason actually why when I first met him that I was really comfortable around him was because, oh, well, nothing will ever come of it because, you know, he's an engineer. He's not in the political world. So I can just, 
you know, be whatever, which is ultimately being myself. And that maybe that's why we even got into the relationship in the in the first place. And the other thing is, when you think about what you want to feel, there's lots of ways that can make you feel that way. So just an example, one thing that I want to feel in my relationship is adventurous. And I think I hear women all the time say they want someone who's adventurous. But the thing about adventurous, and this is just an example, is there's lots of ways to be adventurous. So one way to be adventurous is to quit your job, sell your house and sail around the world for a year. I mean, that's being adventurous. You can also go to, um, I don't know, like an an Indian supermarket, buy something that you have no idea what it is and try to find a recipe and cook with it. That's being adventurous. Um, it could be just going on these little weekend trips to small little towns near where you live or exploring a new neighborhood in your town. Um, that's adventurous too. So there's lots of different ways to be adventurous. So rather than thinking, oh, I want someone who's adventurous who will do X, Y, Z, maybe someone who makes me feel adventurous. And a, a really good example is I consider myself adventurous. I love to travel and I try to travel every couple of months when I can. And um, Stevie is adventurous, but in a very different way. He likes to kind of go really weird, just random, obscure road trips. And if we get lost, then that's the adventure. With me, I hate getting lost. When I get lost, I like ult- I like immediately want to pull out Google Maps and like ask for directions. I just freaking hate it. Um, where him, it's an adventure. So, but again, like it's that feeling of feeling like adventurous. And that's something that we can share, even though it may be in different ways that we express that feeling. So has there ever been a time where you felt like you were traveling, you wanted to travel solo because like you need to feed that side of your adventure and adventurous side mm-hmm. and like get out and y'all did it separately? Yeah, actually, um, that is something that I also do at least once or twice a year. I travel by myself, um, partly because he also has a nine to five job still, so he can't necessarily just leave whenever he wants to. Um, but last year I went back home to North Carolina for a few weeks by myself. And then next month, I'm going to LA by myself, um, just to hang out on the beach and maybe go to Hollywood, who knows what else I'll do. But but yeah, and that kind of ties also into the dating myself, just spending quality time for myself, doing things for myself, spending money on myself, um, just for the sake that because I'm worth it. And I should so I should do it. Yeah, absolutely. I love the way that you laid that out. Like you can travel going to the grocery store and like trying something new. You can do that every day. Like you can find Mm -hmm. a way every day to express that, experience that. Yes. It's funny also that like you talk about thinking that you want this perfect person that like to a T has to match this list. And whenever I was doing bodybuilding, of course, what, who did I want to date? A bodybuilder. Right. And that is ultimately what opened my eyes to the kind of person I don't want to be because Mm -hmm. I was them. Like we were the same. We were weighing our chicken together and we were hitting the gym twice a day and we were constantly talking about our arm veins or a lack of veins (laughs) and like what supplements are the best. And I met someone and we dated for a few months and I thought this man was like perfect. Like our first date, he brought me yams because he knows I love yams because they're such a great complex carbohydrate for bodybuilders. But it was actually cute. He brought me a whole box of like my favorite yams on our first date, which was really sweet. Yeah, um, sweet. Went bowling, but neither one of us were like wanting to drink. We were like, maybe we should drink. I don't know what's it going to do to our gains, blah, blah, blah. Like stress, you know? Mm-hmm. And then later on, um, 
you know, he just was, I remember like one time I cooked dinner for us, he came over and like, he was like, I have to weigh this. And I was trying to practice being a little more intuitive. I was not currently training Mm -hmm. for a competition. So I was like, do you really have to weigh this food right now? Like I made this lovely dinner. Like don't pull out your scale and like ruin it. Like that's what I was thinking in my (laughs) mind, but he pulled it out and he was like, okay, I need two ounces more. And like put it on there. And I was just like, for a moment, I was just like, that doesn't feel right. And then I started realizing more, more and more, like how rigid he was and how he made me feel like I needed to be rigid. And it made me realize I cannot date someone like myself because I am trying to get out of this. I was, I was still kind of in the midst of it, but I was like, if I was to settle or to, to settle down with someone that was like that, then I would have a lifelong battle never feeling like I can fully recover from this disorder. Oh, and yeah. that made me realize that that's one of the realizations. The other one was like, heck, I don't want to be like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I knew I needed to do it for myself to be with someone else that makes me more relaxed. But also like that encouraged me to get my my stuff together. I was like, I cannot be this person that's constantly talking about my body and what workout I'm doing. And if you want to go to the gym and like whipping out my food scale like no one else is gonna no one wants the kind of person I want does not want that I'll just say that and that's what I realized and that was kind of that moment where I said to myself I have to stop having these lists and imagining Mm -hmm. that the perfect person is just like me and we do all this together and he's also super self-disciplined and of course once I started to recover from that when I started to heal from my disorder and become more intuitive and free, I attracted a man that's extremely intuitive and free. Like mm-hmm. ultimate for me, I just couldn't have imagined someone better because we never talk about the gym. We never really talk about anything. He does jujitsu and he loves it and he just likes to wrestle and have fun with that. But the gym, calories, sugar, fat, none of that is ever talked about in our house and that's my dream relationship. It's just, I almost started thinking that no one exists that doesn't, isn't obsessed with fitness and health and voila, like there he was. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that's totally how I was in the, in the political world thinking I wanted somebody also in the political world, but then, you know, there, we, then we would both work till midnight. We'd be talking politics to, or until we're blue in the face and we would just be so out of our bodies not living this intuitive life and just focus on like the next thing the next thing the next thing and it was just exhausting so I can completely completely relate to that right I just want a relationship based off of like fun and what can mm-hmm. we do to have pleasure and enjoyment and make yeah. a difference in this world yeah and that's what I really ultimately wanted yeah. when I moved here yeah. when I moved to Colorado I was like this is gonna be who I am and the person I attract I want to compliment that So it is very possible. What do you recommend then? If if we can't have or if we shouldn't have this list, how do we go about finding a person that I assume first we need to know generally what kind of person that we're interested in? Mm -hmm. How do we then find them? How do we find this person being someone that's not assuming we're not in uh, school and that Mm -hmm. don't have ample people surrounding us, maybe not in the bar scene? Where do you find these people? Yeah, so, you know, that's, it's like the age old question. You, I, I still think online dating is a really great tool to use if you're really clear on how you want a guy to make you feel rather than the specific characteristics. So, you know, online dating is great, but you do have to be wary because it's a little bit job application <laughs> viewing like. So you have to be aware of that. So I, I still strongly support online dating. Um, and I think just getting out involved in your community, like do the things that 
make you feel um, how you want to feel. So, um, you know, I still think yoga studios or signing up for some sort of, you know, fun class, like a, I don't know, like a glass blowing class. My boyfriend did that a couple of years ago, um, or a pottery class, or also telling friends that you are interested in meeting somebody and letting them know or and asking if they know anybody. I've had tons of people meet their partner that way. Um, and so it's just, it's just really about just getting outside of your box a little bit, getting outside of your comfort zone and definitely getting outside of your house and, and just meeting people. Yeah, those are great tips. I would like to add to that to go to like coffee shops and work Mm -hmm. and specifically going to the same one a few times because that's how I met Josh. Like we always saw each other at this same coffee shop and then one day the fire alarm was pulled (laughs) and that got us talking. I mean, not that you have to have a fire alarm get pulled to talk to someone, but it was funny because everyone was like continuing to work and me and him were the only ones that were like, what the heck? Like, should we leave? What do we do? And that like broke the ice. But, you know, without that happening, you don't have to go and pull the fire alarm every time you go somewhere you want to meet somebody. But seeing the same faces, and I can say this because I live in Boulder where I see the same exact faces every single time I go into a coffee shop because it's such a small town, Mm -hmm. kind of, um, But even when you go to like a Starbucks on a regular basis or you go to a local coffee shop and see similar people that you've seen before, it makes it easier to strike up a conversation. Yeah. And the other thing about that is, you know, when women are, you know, open to dating, I find one thing that they do is fall into this all or none trap. So they're, okay, they're going to date, they're looking for their potential mate um and so then they're just constantly on online dating apps they're constantly going on dates and it's really exhausting and it and it gets to the point where i find when women do that that it almost kind of shuts them down to real life encounters because they're just so focused on like i'm doing online dating i've got like five dates this week and you might see somebody at the coffee shop who might be a great match but not actually see that person and so i like to focus on more of just having like a balance and kind of backing off and maybe um you know, only allow a certain amount of time a week on an online dating app or only a certain amount of dates a week on a during any given week so that you're not so exhausted and drained and focused on just one area where you're looking for dates so that you're more open to experiences and receiving people and meeting people in your everyday life. Right. Yeah. You don't want to miss out on that opportunity that just happens organically because you're so like laser focused on making it happen and making it like scheduled and getting like OCD all or nothing career like about Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And and again, just having fun and not, you know, dating for the one. So just approach someone at a coffee shop, like say something to them without not the intention of maybe we'll go on a date, but just being friendly. And it's, it's crazy when that, when, when you start doing that, what what happens? Right. I had to tell my friend that at one point because I I did online dating for like a year. I mean, mm-hmm. to me, it was just fun. I moved to a new city. I wanted to make friends. And that's how I went into every single one. But when I did it before that, when I lived in Texas, I did it to meet like the one. And it was very stressful and it was a letdown. But the minute I had that shift in my mind, just like Mm -hmm. meet people, have connections, make friends, share stories, like (laughs) just get to know this person and care about hearing their story and get a freaking meal, (laughs) get an awesome meal out of it. Like that for me was such a difference in the experience. Then I had fun and now I'm like 
you know, Facebook friends with all these people. <laughs> like we don't really stay in touch that much, but um, it still really helped me to just have fun with it and not get all teary eyed and upset when the first date didn't work out the way I hoped. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. All right. So that is going to wrap up this episode for right now before we head over to the quick fire round. It's been such a pleasure. Where can people find you after listening to this episode? Yeah. So they can find me over at my website, veronicagrant.com. And I have a little date yourself challenge that they can do. It's a DIY, so they can do it anytime they want. So that will help them kind of begin to nurture this relationship with themselves. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, which I love the most. I'm Veronica E. Grant. Awesome. Yeah. Now to the quick fire round. Okay. Number one, what does body freedom mean to you? Hmm, that's a good one. Um, body freedom to me just means just loving how I, um, Oh, wow. There's so many things. Actually, no, I want to I want to say this, just loving that what my body can do. So um, another part of my business is I'm a private yoga teacher. And just so I'm constantly I'm always do yoga, I do it every day. And just the things that I can, my body can do, like I can stand on my hands, I can balance on my hands, I can do these crazy balances on my feet with my leg up in the air. I mean, it's just amazing. And and to me, that's that's body freedom. Yeah. What is a must read book? Hmm. For, let's see. I think for dating and relationships, a must read book is um, I Need Your Love, Is That True? by Katie Byron. And this talks a lot about um, not getting what you want from the other person, but rather creating it for yourself. Um, She does a lot of work around that. And I highly recommend that to anybody dating or in a relationship. If you could interview anybody, who would it be? I would interview, I would interview Michelle Obama. Mm. Yeah. Future dream you are working towards. My boyfriend and I are working towards being both of us location independent. It's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> What's the best movie you've watched in the past months? Okay, so um, confession, I haven't seen a movie in over a year. I don't watch movies. What? <laughs> I know. Um, I'm trying to think of my favorite movie, though. I mean, I, I really don't watch movies. I just, Is it like, just like you don't like movies? <laughs> yeah, I just like, I, I mean, when I, when I actually do sit down to watch a movie, it's like, oh, yeah, I do like watching movies. I should do it more often. But I just, I don't know. It's like... I always, I probably started from the feeling like I shouldn't watch a movie. I should be doing something um, back in my perfectionist days. Um, so I think that's where it came from. And and then now I just, that's just one thing that stuck. I just, I just don't watch movies. Um, do you watch shows? Yes, I watch. I do okay. watch shows. <laughs> What's the best show you've watched in the past month? Ooh, the best show. Um well, let's see. I'm a season behind because I only watch shows on Netflix. Actually, no, I will I will back up. My favorite show, new show that we started watching is HGTV's um, Fixer Upper. I love that show. It is so good. <laughs> okay. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Uh, favorite way to unwind at the end of a long day? Um, 
just relaxing on the couch with my dog and with Stevie, um, maybe watching a show or maybe just kind of hanging out, reading, talking, just, just kind of just laying low, being at home is my favorite way. What is a country you have visited and loved or a country that you really want to visit? My favorite country that I think I've ever been to was probably, I have traveled a lot in my days. Um, my favorite city actually was is, is Istanbul in Turkey. It's just such a cool city. It is so cool. Oh, neat. Mm-hmm. Currently, what is your favorite meal? Sushi. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of sushi? Um, I really like rainbow rolls and I just like anything with salmon and tuna and avocado mm-hmm. and usually all the, all the above. <laughs> I'm an eel freak. So uh, anything with okay. avocado eel, like the, typically it's a dragon roll. That is my yeah. favorite. Yeah. Uh, if you could, this is the last question. If you could okay. challenge everyone listening to this to let go of something, what would that be? Um, let go of doing what feels normal or like a pattern to you. So if you would normally never text a guy to ask him on a date, do it. If you would never initiate a conversation on a guy and online dating, do it. Just start creating new patterns and experiences for yourself. Yeah. Branching out, trying something new. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Veronica. This was an awesome episode and I know I learned a lot and I'm sure that my audience learned tons. So thank you for sharing all of your knowledge with us. Yeah, it was great. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Of course. All right, everybody listening to this, if you go to the website, maddiemoon.com slash mbm88, you can get the show notes for this. You can check out all of her links. You can check out her Instagram or wherever she's at. So go over there. If you haven't yet downloaded my free book, 10 Proven Steps for Ending Any Diet Obsession, you can also do that on the website. And that's a wrap. I hope you all enjoyed the show. 